Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love. Inspire, explore, create. Life is good. Let's get started. podcast today i have brand designer and founder of the routine creative alex coddles alex is based out of dallas texas where he helps hundreds of creative entrepreneurs take their brand from blah and boring to beautiful and bragworthy his graphic design style is a minimalistic approach he helps his clients with logo design creating color palettes font design establishing brand guidelines to designing business cards to package design as well as ongoing brand support alex's minimalist design style is what stood out to me as i discovered the routine creative on Instagram. His trademark slogan is minimal marks that represent big ideas. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. So let's make it count. Well, his slogan is telling the truth because his minimal marks and aesthetic style absolutely made me a fan at first sight. Make sure you check his Instagram account at the routine creative. I'm excited to have you on the Scotch Potter podcast, Alex, to share your creator journey and offer some insights on how you do what you do and why you do it. Thanks for being here. And I'll pass it on to you for you to say hello in any brief intro. Well, first of all, thank you very much. I think you pretty much summed it all up perfectly. That's exactly who I am and what I do and what I'm all about. And yeah, I appreciate you having me and uh, the kind words. Um, yeah, I I'm happy to be here and happy to chat about wherever the conversation takes us as far as my cool. journey or design or whatever the heck you want to chat with me about. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. All right. On. So I know you're, you're in Dallas, Texas. Were you born and raised all your life over there? Yeah. So I was born in Dallas, Texas. Um, I've, I grew up here in the suburbs of Dallas. So like far North Dallas. Um, so I wasn't like city living my whole life. It was very suburbs. Um, mm -hmm. And I moved to the East Coast when I graduated high school. Um, okay. So I lived in Vir Richmond, Virginia, which is a really cool city. It's kind of a hidden gem, very artsy and hipster and just very diverse. Uh, I fell in love with the East Coast and I fell in love with Richmond. So I lived there for like, uh, I want to say like nine-ish years. Oh, <laughs> but wow, now okay. I am uh, back in Dallas, um, or at least back in the suburbs so I can watch my niece and nephew grow up and be near family again. Um, I'm sure nice. I'll end up on the East coast again at some point, but for now, okay, we're hanging out in now Dallas. You're, 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 you're back home. You're back home for now. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, with, uh, COVID and all that, yeah. uh, you know, it kind of put things in perspective and I was like, Hey, let's, uh, Let's go back home. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. For sure. For sure. Um, on a side note, what's the weather like over in Dallas today? Is it Thankfully, humid? today it's uh, nice and sunny. It's not too humid, but it is really freaking hot. Is um, it? <laughs> but, I, but I'm glad it's sunny because the sun definitely, that's one of the perks of being in Texas is that we do get a lot of sun and I am mm -hmm. motivated by sunshine <laughs> on, nice. on gloomy days it's really hard for me to find motivation <laughs> cool all right that's awesome all right so the sun gives you gives you that energy <laughs> exactly awesome so you so before we just dive deeper i kind of i just want to really just build i don't know how to say this but like a foundation of you know just quick questions you can give one word answers however you want to answer the question but they're just rapid fire questions all right so in the summer would you rather go to the beach or go camping? Beach all day. 
Cool. If I if I go camping, it has to be like glamping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the first thing you do in the morning? The first thing I do in the morning is shower because that again wakes me up, gives me energy, much needed. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. If you only had one sense, hearing, touch, sight, all etc., which one would you want? Oh. Sight, I think. Sight. Yeah, okay, sight. Okay, okay. Visual person. <laughs> yes, there you go. And as a kid growing up, were you always the creative type? Were you the entrepreneur where you had that lemonade stand? Or were you that the athlete that just, you know, focused on sports or a mix of all three? <laughs> well, how would you describe um, yourself? I definitely wouldn't describe myself as an entrepreneur at a young age, but I was a creative person and I was an athlete i was in gymnastics for like 15 years of my life oh, wow. um, cool. yeah so i was yeah definitely athlete definitely artsy creative type but not not money-minded or entrepreneur in any way <laughs> all right all right all right all right and then this will lead into to our continued conversation is is what you're doing today what you wanted to always do um Actually, yes. I mean, I guess you could say always ever since, you know, your brain starts moving towards adulthood. So once I was like graduating high school, I pretty much knew that I wanted to be a graphic designer, uh, which I think is super rare for uh, most people knowing what they want to do with their life. But I don't think it's that rare for graphic designers. Like I think a lot of graphic designers discover that at a pretty early age. And I think the reason is because... (laughs) you know, you know, you're a creative person, you know, you're kind of artsy and you like drawing or sketching or whatever, whatever your medium is. But you also hear all this talk when you're younger of like, oh, you need to make money too. Like you can't make money being an artist. So I think graphic design is where a lot of people land because it's a nice, like in between of getting to be creative, but also business minded in a way. Uh Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So then, so then let's talk about the journey. So then you, yeah, absolutely. I think that because I'm a, I'm a person that it took me a while to really identify what I wanted to do in life. Right. So I kudos to people that, you know, can identify that at a young age. And I love what you say about, you know, graphic designers tend to just know (laughs) that this is what they want to do. But what, what was the transition of how you got to where you are today of creating the routine creative? Um, well, hopefully I don't go too far back, but basically when I was in when I was in high school, I was very blessed to go to like a really large high school. My graduating class was like 1400 people. Wow. Uh we had a program called um broadcasting. So it was like broadcast journalism, which typically you don't see that type of class until you get into college and stuff like that. So I was super grateful for that and in doing that, I kind of learned about graphic design and had you know, an interest in, cause we would always do like the overhead graphics over top of the news anchors and stuff like that. And I just thought that was really cool. And that kind of introduced me to the world of graphic design. Um, but there was a big time in between like graduating high school. Uh, I, I took a year off cause you know, I didn't know where I wanted to be or live or go to school or anything like that. Um, so there was some time in between after high school that I took uh-huh. off. And then even when I did go to college, cause I, like I said, I ended up on the East coast in Richmond. I ended up going to community college. And even in that time, like I was really struggling to like find myself, like 
you know, I wasn't loving the work that I was creating. I was very, uh-huh. uh, I wasn't very confident in what I was doing. I wasn't good at putting myself out there. Like all of these things that, you know, us artists go through, if you're trying to like be your own boss or start your own business. Yeah. So, and um, you were freelance, you were freelancing at that time as So yeah, in 2013, I graduated, uh, from community college with an associate's degree in visual arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I would say between 2013 and 2016, which is when I started the routine creative, uh, I was going through this weird phase of having to figure out, okay, you know, the whole catch 22 of like agencies don't want to hire you because you don't have experience, but to get experience, you got to get hired, you know, that whole thing. (laughs) Uh, So I was finding that really difficult to find a job, to find a position that interested me. And I was kind of willing to take anything in the art field. It didn't have to be design. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was just, yeah, that was really hard. So in, because I couldn't find anything, I was working retail, like working normal jobs and kind of trying to work for friends and family on the side and create logos or do posters or business cards, whatever I could get my hands on. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did, I had a short stint in like the wedding industry, trying to do uh, like wedding invitation design uh-huh. and things like that. Note cards. Uh, I just tried it all. Like I was really just... <laughs> trying to spread myself as wide or cast a wide net, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. So in that time I realized how important it was to like put yourself out there. Cause I think as a millennial, it was like, you know, instant gratification is what we, you know, survive on <laughs> yeah. my, from my generation. <laughs> sure. So it was just like, Oh shoot. I actually have to put myself out there. I actually have to do the work to make myself or to make people aware of me. They're not just going to come find me. Um, so yeah, 2013 through 2016 was a big discovery phase of like, you know, trying all the things, putting myself out there, figuring out how to do what I want to do. Um, and it wasn't until 2016 that, you know, luckily I started to come across a couple other business owners online that I really admired that were, you know, had courses out there that were teaching people how to brand or create a brand business, you know? So, um, that really inspired me to just start my own thing. I, I was using my name before that, like just okay. Alex Cottle's design. Uh-huh. And that was really hard for me to put myself out there. You know, I'm like, I'm an introvert. I don't want to just put my name on everything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that, yeah, that, that was the journey up to the point where in 2016, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to name it. And it's going to be its own entity so that I can mm-hmm. push yeah. it without having to, you know, use my own name. <laughs> so, so, there, so you ended up creating your, 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 your baby, right? Your, your, your actual, your business. But you know what, you, t- the way you're talking and the way you, perse- you persevered, you're resilient, like, and that is really cool because you, you knew you had to put yourself out there, right? So some people choose to not, but you were like, no, this is what you want. And the cool, th- the other thing that was really cool is this goes back to in high school, you knew you wanted to be a graphic designer. So you were, you know, you might be doing side jobs or in, you know, nothing to do with design, but you were still like, Hey, I'm going to design. I'm a designer. I will be a designer. So that's cool. And now you're here now, man. <laughs> the, the routine <laughs> creative is, is going. So, I mean, your style though. So when did your style develop? Because I obviously I said very minimalistic. When did that start? Uh, you identified that. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think anybody really knows when they identify their style. I think the re- the moment I realized I even had a style is when people started telling me I had a style, you know, and like started, um, 
you know, mentioning that I was a minimal designer or that, you know, I don't know, I, I guess I, I knew what I liked. Like I looked at other designers or other, um, mediums and I could tell like, even if it was like film or photography or something, like I've always been drawn to very modern, minimal, you know, aesthetic, but mm -hmm. As far as what I was designing, I think in the beginning, I was very much over designing everything like so many designers do, where it's just like, you know, you don't realize that you can get the message across with less. Um, but yeah, over time, I guess I I guess I just tried to take from people that I admired, like the things that they were doing, but try to put my own spin on it or try to make it my own in some way. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a good answer of like when I discovered my style but I do recognize now that I I have a style but I'll also say that even though my style leans minimal um and it will always be minimal you know my approach everything I do I do not try or I try not to like pigeonhole myself into um and too much of a, a niche like as far as the types of businesses I'm working with or anything like that because I actually I love going broad I love like learning That's about cool different businesses and things like that. And, you know, design, designing for the client versus designing for myself, you know? Gotcha. No, and that, that's actually a question I was going to ask. So then you, do you like, as far as you work with multiple types of businesses and you enjoy that as a, you know, your creative brain gets to, gets to do other things instead of focusing on one particular style type of industry or whatever it may be. So as far, I mean, what, what is that process like if, if, when a client comes up and wants, you know, wants to really establish their brand and, and looking for you to design, start, maybe start off with a logo. What is that process like? Yeah, it can be tricky because um, what I do is definitely like brand identity design, which is more holistic and um, a little bit of a deeper dive than just logo design. But mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people out there, like they don't know the difference. And so a lot of my job is like when I get on consult calls with a new lead or something like that, my job is to make sure I'm the right person for the job and that they understand why my price point is what it is, why the process is a little bit longer, you know? So basically uh, I do love to get on, you know, that usually people fill out my contact form or they're referred to me by a previous client or something like that. And the consult call, which is free, I just jump on a call with them. We schedule something um, so that I can really, try to understand what their needs are. Like if they do just need a logo and they don't have a huge budget, then cool. No worries. Like I've been at that point in my business. We all are at that point in our business and I'm not the fit for you. But if they, if there's someone that's been in business for a couple of years, they understand their, you know, target market. Um, they, it's like basically the people that are usually the ideal fit for me, they've been in business and business is going well but they know there's so much potential for more and they're ready to like level up their client experience or their brand experience as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what I'm there for. So I really use the consult call, consult call to dive into like what, what their pain points are, like what isn't working for their business um, mm -hmm. to see if I can help in any way. Um, nice. and, and to make it clear too, that I'm a visual designer and I'm going to help, I can help people level up their brand visuals. Um, but it, but it's not, I'm just one piece of the puzzle in the, in, in the branding puzzle. You know, there's so uh -huh. much that goes into it, whether it's like your marketing strategy, your messaging, your, um, brand strategy, like any kind of foundations of your target market and any of that client avatars, things like that. 
um, photography, copywriting, web design. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much that matters. And I'm just one, one little piece of that. <laughs> yeah. But in a very important piece because it's the visual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, like I say on my website, it's like, you know, you only get one chance to make that first impression. Um, yes. and that's really where I come in is cause like I, I want, cause people, it does influence people's decisions. I mean, I know it influences mine because I'm a visual designer and a visual person, uh-huh. but uh-huh. you know, if you put, I was just talking about this with my husband the other day, we walked into a Kmart uh-huh. Uh, when we were on vacation and I was like, I didn't even know Kmart's still existed. I thought they I know. all <laughs> I know, right? closed down, <laughs> but we walked in there and I was like, and it just looked really run down. And I was like, uh-huh. you know what? I bet you, cause the lighting was really bad. Like it was just really just kind of old and run down. Like I said, so I was like, I bet you if you took these clothes and put them under a nice display with nice lighting and just put them in a target or something like that. People wouldn't know the difference, but because of the way everything's looking right here, it just, Uh it affects the buying decision. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. it definitely matters. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. What, what energizes you? Like, like, so, and this could talk and this could be a client project or just in general, like, uh, and you actually kind of just alluded to that. I mean, you kind of, you go to Kmart and you're a visual and you see this, like how you could change it visually. But is that, is this what gets you energy uh, besides the sun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really does. Like I have always just been that type of person where it's like, I love art directing. Like I love looking at something. I love aesthetics. Like I love looking at something and, um, seeing how it could be done differently or done better or better. And it sounds kind of like, you know, people that aren't in the industry or, you know, it might sound kind of hokey to say like, Oh, Mm -hmm. let's tell a color story. Let's have a brand story. You know, I worked in retail for a long time where I was in visual merchandising too. Um, so I, I had a lot of experience with like displays and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, so, so it all kind of comes into play for me. Like when I'm looking at things, even if it's just putting something together for a website or a photo shoot or whatever it is that I'm helping my clients with, it's like, okay, how can we tell the story that we need to tell in the cleanest, simplest way possible, you know, without, without making it like obvious. So it's like those little things excite me. Like I like the idea of like trying to get a message across without saying it literally like right now i'm not i don't watch a lot of tiktoks or anything but i do see a lot of tiktoks going around where it's like tell me you're a graphic designer without telling me you're a graphic designer you know um and that's basically basically my job like i said it it does it excites me it gets me going um i i thought i would be burnt out and tired of it by this point Uh but it just never gets old because like i said and that's why i don't niche down on a particular uh, industry or anything because every client feels like the honeymoon phase you know <laughs> that's cool thank you for listening to this episode of the scotch Potter podcast just a quick reminder make sure you make a visit to scotchparlor.com subscribe to the podcast and also check us out on instagram facebook and youtube at scotch parlor now back to the episode but dude like just the way i mean you do like your words it creates your style like and you see it through your work and that's what's cool i now i understand your little bit of your process of why you're so good at what you do because <laughs> that, thank that's, you that's, i appreciate that's your that philosophy absolutely what, what's your what's like as far as difficulties uh what is 
you know, we obviously talked about the energy that you get from, but what, what are some of the difficulties that, that come with what you do? Well, I think one of the biggest things, because I do it, uh, you know, because I run my own business, which is totally different than, you know, agency life or, you know, just having a desk job as a designer somewhere, uh, that that's the most difficult part. Like the design part I love, like I would never give it up that it's, it's beautiful, but that really is only, I would say 40 to 50% of the job. The rest mm-hmm. of it is customer service, client relations, admin stuff like bookkeeping taxes, like all the, the crappy stuff that nobody wants to think about, especially as a yeah. visual person. It's like, uh, so yeah, <laughs> just being transparent. Like I, in the beginning, because I was just kind of being kind of, I guess I won't call it stupid. I was just ignorant to the topic of running your own business. Mm-hmm. I got into a lot of like tax debt. Cause I was just like, I didn't even know I was supposed to pay quarterly taxes. Like I was just uh-huh. doing this thing on the side, making some money here and there and having fun with it, you know? Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I would say that's the biggest difficulty difficulty for me is like, the business side of things. And I've learned a lot over the years and I've gotten better. And like, you know, I have someone handle my taxes for me now. So <laughs> yeah, I don't have to even... that part off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I would say, and this isn't really a struggle for me just because I have kind of a chameleon personality. Like I can get along with most people. And because uh-huh. I worked retail and customer service, I know how to like, uh, I don't know, interact with people and not like clam up. But a uh-huh. lot of designers are very introverted and do struggle with talking to clients. And, uh, you know, they get really overwhelmed really easily by client feedback or, um, I don't know, it can become a very emotionally draining thing for a lot of designers. And it was kind of for me in the beginning, but um, that that doesn't even really affect me too much anymore <laughs> gotcha okay no that makes sense that makes sense well th- well well then what what do you contribute your secret sauce like you've been you obviously you're 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 successful you're doing what you want to do you're you're designing what do you attest that your secret sauce is i really think it's um it's not even the design. Like I think there's so, there's so many good designers out there. There's so many artists, there's so much strong work out there that you could be, I always tell this to like designers that I mentor and stuff. I'm like, you could be the greatest designer known to man, but if nobody knows about you, then do you even exist? You know? So it all comes down. Like, I think my secret sauce is, the my relationship with the clients like that i am so focused on the the back the experience for them and like making sure it's enjoyable um yes we're going to create something beautiful like yes it's going to do wonders for your business like all of the things that you want but i really yeah. just want to make sure like and it's not even like because you know when you work customer service a lot of people are like oh customer's always right it's very much not that like i am the guide i am the expert i am going to tell them like it is but I do want them to be happy at the end of the day. So it's just all about collaboration. I really think, you know, communication and collaboration is my secret sauce. It's not even like the design skills or anything like that. Um, I mean, that's just the cherry on top, I think. Um, yeah. That's cr- at that's least great. that's what I've been told. I mean, I, 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 I don't, that's what, that's what people tell me. That's why they keep coming back or why they refer well, people. So mm-hmm. 
that's what I'll go with. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Because you know what? Like, I to me that obviously you're not you're not in it. You're kind of in the relationship as well, right? Like, you know, this is you're branding it. You're you're creating, but it's you know it's their business, but it's still your your baby because you designed it and 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 you so you want that long term relationship and and I think that's that makes sense. I mean, absolutely, and and that's why they refer other clients to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it can be it can be tricky because like you just said it's like it's my baby but it's called it's kind of not at the same time it's it's theirs you know but mm-hmm. because my name's attached to it it's like no i want i want the best for both of us because now yeah. my reputation and my name's on this too you know so for sure it, and that does motivate us designers to like really do the best job we can knowing that you know our reputation's on the line our design will be presented to their audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting, but you do have to learn to let, to let go to a degree uh, <laughs> once you finish the project. Right. All right. All right. Cool. What about, what about, okay. So creating, what does creating do for you internally? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's just, I think it's just rewarding for me. Uh, knowing like seeing you know everyone loves i was a visual person i always bring it back to a visual metaphor or you know example but when you watch like hgtv or something and you see the before and afters like everyone loves a before and after like seeing that transformation so for me that's what i love about uh the type of creativity that i get to use for my job that being said there are other types of creativity that i really enjoy like I play guitar and I like writing lyrics to like, I write songs and um, that's like very like therapeutic for me. And it's a different creative outlet that's not tied to money or success or work, you know? Um, So I, I just, I've always been that type. Honestly, I would probably, if I had time, enough time, (laughs) I would explore every freaking art medium there is. Like I would do it all. Like I want to do it all. But Mm -hmm. knowing that I have to run a business keeps me kind of like focused in on this particular, you know, area of art and design. (laughs) No, would would you? Okay. So I had one guest that opened my mind. Right. So, and I believe you're the same way. You're a natural curious, curious minded creative, right? Like in, I would say a lot of creatives are, but what this person, he lets his curiosity go. Like if he wants to go explore something, he goes explore it with the mindset of he doesn't have to become a master at that. Or when he's done, when he's like, all right, I learned enough. He just, you know, moves on to something else. You know, for me, before I spoke to him, I was like, you, I almost felt guilty. It was like, okay, what, you know, I, or I always need to feel like I need to be the master of it, you know, but sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, just exploring that medium, whatever it may be, explore that other outlet. And I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, just doing your music thing, that also helps you in your craft, right? And what you do as a business, because it just gets that creative juices going and, and somehow or not, you might not be able to identify it, but it does help you as a designer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know that's actually a really good point. And that's something I'm in the past year, you know, I've been working on is letting go. Cause I, the thing is I've been so like, I've put, I've created a business to where I'm designing kind of all the time and I'm so busy all the time. And in the past year, I've been really trying to let go of 
quite a few clients and a, quite a few big projects, which can be scary because it's like, you know, flushing money down the drain, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, no, I need to I've been really trying to create space for myself to be more creative and to just design or whatever uh, just for fun or just to explore, um, you know, because so much of the like you said, the guilt or the decision making uh, is based around, will this make me money? Will this sell? Is this like, yeah. you know, how you prioritize your day is like, okay, work on what makes you money first. You know, that's what they always yeah. tell you. But, yeah. and that's great. I mean, it's gotten me to this point, so I'm not going to knock it, but yeah. I feel like I'm in a point in my business journey where I'm like, no, I'm ready to just like keep like, yes, I have things that make me money and I'll keep doing those, but I'm going to narrow that down as much as possible so that I can just have fun with it and like get mm -hmm. creative. So yeah, that that's that's great advice from the guy that you had on here before, yeah. and I, I I'm working on that. It's a work in progress for me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. And well, how would I mean? Maybe this is how you define success. Like, how would you define your success? Well, how do you? I'm sorry. How do you define success? I should say. Yeah, I, that's a great question because I think success is such a buzzword and means so many different mm -hmm. things to so many different people. For me. Success just means happiness, like and fulfillment, um, whether that's with the job, whether that's with your family, whether that's helping others, uh, philanthropy, you know, however you feel you feel happy and fulfilled. That to me is success. And I think I've had to learn that, the, and I, I'm always learning that the hard way. But as you, you know, start your journey, you think, oh, I want these things, right? So you get those things and you don't even stop to appreciate them. It's just like, okay, what are the next things? You know, what's next on the, what is the next milestone? What's the next number you want to hit? Um, so I've been really trying to like reflect on one, holy crap. I can't believe I made it to this point that I dreamed yeah. of. And I have all these things that I dreamed of and, you know, that I get to wake up and do this every day. Wow. Pinch me, you know, but mm -hmm. also like stopping along the way and just being like, cool. Like I hit this. This is awesome. And just kind of living in the moment more, you know, like I think success gets so, you know, lost in the sauce. It's like, oh, you know, you know, make this money, hustle culture, you know, be the best, be the number one, the top dog, like all of that. Honestly, and, and I actually work with it. One of my clients helps uh, people who are working on Wall Street, making okay. crap tons of money but they're so unhappy with their life. Uh, and he tries to like bring happiness and joy and fulfillment back into their life. Okay. Um, that's cool. <laughs> and I, and I think that goes for so many people like that. It's like money isn't everything. Money's not going to yeah. solve your problems. Like yes, security, financial security is amazing and mm -hmm. can make it easier for you to find happiness, but it's mm -hmm. not going to find the happiness for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, well said. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And, and, uh, this kind of, so, so at the end of the day, so we can have more time to go into other creative outlets <laughs> to yeah, enjoy. Yeah, right? Exactly. And, so that's awesome. <clears throat> so let's talk about tips for other, for other creators that are wanting to build their own design business. Could you offer two tips to a up and coming designer? Um, wanting to start their own business, you said. Yeah, we can focus uh, to that they you know want to do something similar to what you do. 
Yeah, I would say two tips. So one would be kind of what I was talking about earlier. Just recognize that you are going to have to put yourself out there and market yourself. And I think, I think where people get scared is in the word marketing, like marketing seems like this big, bad monster, you know, in the closet, it's like, it doesn't have to be scary. Um, but just recognize you are going to have to share your work. You are going to have to talk to people and tell them what you do and, you know, put yourself out there. But, um, in that, same vein of that tip, I will say one of the best ways to like put yourself out there is networking events, especially now that, you know, restrictions are starting to lift and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you are an introverted person, which a lot of creatives are just know that showing up, you've already done half the work. Um, because once you're in that room, there are going to be other extroverts in the room that are going to come talk to you. Um, so you just don't make it this big, scary thing and just show up, you know, um, in whatever that means, if it's networking in person, cool. If it's digital networking, like just, you know, just commenting on people's stuff, dropping in their DMS, connecting with them on Instagram, like you and I did, you know, whatever you got to do to make yeah. yourself, make your presence known and make your work known. Um, so that's, that's a big one, you know, cause uh -huh. you know, you just have to put yourself out there. And then a second tip would be again what I talked about with my difficulties before, which is um, you know, just be hyper aware of the business side of things. Like if you are truly tr trying to do it on your own and start your own business, uh, try to get all your ducks in a row with like your bookkeeping, your taxes, the admin side of things, as much as you can, you know, outsource to other people who are experts at it, so that you can focus on the art and the design and the creativity do that. Um, cause it, it may seem overwhelming at first and it's a lot to deal with, but it's only going to be more overwhelming if you put it off till you're already busy designing and working for clients. So that yeah, sense. that would be my big advice. I mean, I think anyone can be a creative, uh, business owner. I think practice makes perfect. So mm -hmm. I'm not worried about that for other designers. Like if that's, if you know, that's what you want to do, just keep practicing, keep putting your hours into your particular medium uh and yeah you'll see success it just takes time nice what about what about to someone like a piece of advice and this could be to your younger self or or just a general on the design aspect uh, not running a business but just being wanting to become a graphic designer or a brand designer what would you what would advice would you give to your younger self or just to someone up and coming um i think it's funny because as you know, when you dive into a creative process of any kind, there's always like a beginning, middle and end And the middle is always super messy and gross. And everyone thinks they're a shit designer and that nothing they do is going to be great. And I think the same can be said for your design journey. It's like in the beginning, yeah, you're going to be so unimpressed by yourself and so unhappy with everything you're creating, but you just have to keep at it. And I think the best thing you can do is of course you have to be careful of like being over-inspired and copying people. But I think the best thing you can do is look to see who you admire and what types of work you admire and try to copy that. Even if it's for your own, like you're not going to share it or post it or anything. Like you're just doing it for practice. That's the best way to try and learn, um, by doing, you know, and, and learn how to do exactly it whatever style 
you you enjoy um so yeah that that would be my biggest advice to to anyone trying to you know make it as a designer or you know perfect yeah. their craft is just make it till you make it is my motto yeah. i know a lot of people say fake it till you make it but you can't really do that with art and design um so you just got to keep practicing <laughs> there you go keep practicing right practice practice makes you better to the point of you'll never catch perfect, but it makes you better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think to piggyback on that a little bit more, there's one of my favorite musicians, his name is Noah Gunderson. And, uh, you know, I was listening to an interview of him where he was like, and he's an amazing singer songwriter. He's crossed many genres. Like he's just an amazing artist, but I heard an interview where he was just like, I never listen to my old stuff. Like I, once I make an album and release it, there's a new version of me that crops up and I'm never impressed by my old work. Like I'm, I think it's shit before it even comes out sometimes. And I think that's a lot of creative people. It's like, you're always evolving. You're never going to be fully satisfied or confident. Um, but you have to kind of push past that and just be like, okay, this is good enough to share. <laughs> this is uh -huh. good enough to put out there. It's not perfect and it never will be, but yeah, you know, just put it out there anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. Especially nowadays with the with obviously we can we can go down that pigeonhole, the social media and, uh, you know, like, should I post it? Should I not? Do I get enough likes? I mean, that's its own <laughs> craziness. But but yeah, it's it's and we're our worst critics. Right. It's like something that we don't think, you know, good. It could be, you know, in another set of eyes, they think it looks great. Uh, so it's it's. It's a matter of opinion, I guess. But anyways, uh, so I wanted to, so like as a, a business owner, right? I'm a business owner and I wanted, I approached you. What, what, what advice could you give to a future, your future clients on how to be, be pre prepared to meet with you? Yeah, no, I love the opportunity to share this because so many people do you know, inquire that aren't necessarily ready to be at this stage yet, like to work with me. Um, so I would, I would say the biggest thing is to make sure that you understand your target market or that you have proof of what's the, what's the word? How do they say it? Uh, but ba basically proof that your product or your service works like that. You've, you've had a few clients under your belt, you've had sales under your belt, whatever it is. There's, there's proof in the pudding that this thing works because to me, if you're going to invest in someone like myself, like a brand identity designer, a web designer, whatever it is, um, you need to know that what you're selling sells <laughs> because mm -hmm. I don't want you to go waste your money investing <laughs> in, in someone for something that, that nobody wants. Um, yeah. so yeah, just make sure there's proof and that there's a market for it before you go, uh, you know, knocking on my door. But also one thing that really is beneficial, I, I'm not someone who offers brand strategy as a part of my services. There are some designers out there that do. Um, so I always try to make sure that either, you know, your target audience, like the back of your hand, you know, who you're speaking to, you know, how you're, uh, speaking to them. And if you don't, then I'm going to hook you up with a brand strategist that I know that. So it feels like backpedaling a little bit. Sometimes when people come to work with me and I'm like, wait, 
you got to go do this first. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if you can, if you know a brand strategist or if you can find a brand strategist to really set those foundations of like your what, why, how, like who you're speaking to, all of those things, uh, taglines, messaging, um, then do that first and then come to me because <laughs> it really yeah. sets us up for success to to build out visuals around your your foundations and your brand strategy. Um, but if you get to me and you don't have that yet, then I'll guide you. It's no worries. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, 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 those are the perfect clients that come to me just that's great. with all of that ready to go. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's great. Because yeah, I mean, you know, because people are automatically, you know, going to think, oh, I mean, even what I briefly said at the beginning was like, oh, I'm a client that wants to do logo design. But you're bigger than that. You're not just doing a one-off logo design. I mean, you may or may or you may or may not, but but at the end of the day, you're 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 more you're a consultant. You're you're deeper. You're gonna bring the the brand to life in the sense visually, and uh, and I think that's always great for people to be aware of who will a help your job, make your job easier. But you know, just you're you're going up a level, so make make sure you're prepared as a business owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I do want to. It brings up a point that I just thought of, like because there's a lot of like pretentiousness in the art fields or especially in graphic design. And I just want to make it known that like, I'm not saying, you know, because you're not ready to work with me, you're less than, or that, you know, Oh, you're not cool enough. You know, you can't sit with me. It's more of like, (laughs) I know everyone, every business owner starts somewhere. And yes, in the beginning, DIY, like do buy pre-made logos, buy pre-made website templates, like whatever you need to do to get this, business off the ground mm-hmm. what i'm just saying is like i'm not at this stage in my business i don't typically work with people that are brand new because mm-hmm. of the amount they're investing and because of how deep we go um yeah i i want something that's going to be timeless that can grow with you and that can be really hard in the first few years of business because there's so much pivoting and learning and discovery phase going on uh-huh. um so yeah, I just want to put that out because I don't want people to think that like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, dissing them or anything like that, but it's just, it's the wild, wild west when you first start. So. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. And I, yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, the way you said it, it was, no, it was well said as far as it's just, I mean, that's your business. That's, that's who you, that's who your clients are. And, and I, I think, um, and again, it just, this, this is just a great awareness for any, you know, future business owners that are listening to this that want, you know, want to ask for, you know, for work from you, at least they, they know what, to, uh, where they, sh- what they should present. So, so that's for great. sure. So inspiration though, uh, what, is there anyone that particularly inspires you in your craft? Um, oh my gosh, so many people, this is going to like be hard to think on the spot. So in the beginning <laughs> I was very inspired by, um, a designer called named Brianna Rose of Rowan made. Um, and also my friends over at station seven, which used to be creatives in transit. Um, they were really inspiring to me in the beginning. Now I am inspired by tons of people like Morgan rap, um, the Emma Rose agency, nice people. Um, shoot. What are some of the other ones? Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I really like, uh shoot what are their names there's a tons of masculine designers that i can't uh-huh. think of their names right now uh-huh. um 
but yeah, I uh, I'm really inspired by both both ends of the spectrum. Like I really like editorial editorial clean design aesthetics, very min- uh, minimal and feminine. That inspires me. But then I'm uh-huh. also really into like super like rugged, rustic, vintage like masculine design as well um so that's why it can be really hard for my style because of the (laughs) wide range of influence like Uh sometimes i'm like oh i want to lean all the way into this masculine style and sometimes i'm like i want to lean all the way into this like luxe editorial feminine style so i just Uh end up landing somewhere in the middle that's kind of muddy and androgynous but i guess it works for me i don't know (laughs) that's cool man that's you know i forgot to ask you what like the tools like what tools do you use um, so I'm typically, you know, in like most in Adobe programs, so like Illustrator, Photoshop, um, I pretty much live in Illustrator though. Um, yeah. as far as tools, like for business though, I use this program called shift, which, uh, on, is on a Mac. I don't know if it's on PC or not, but mm-hmm. that keeps all my, like, uh, my email, my Slack, my um, oh, wow. HoneyBook, which is what I use for like client mm-hmm. management. It's all in one place. So like when I'm ready to open it for the day and get to work, it's all there. And when That's I'm ready cool. to close out for the day, it's like I can close it all at once and don't have to think about it again for the rest of the nice. day. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. What about, have you, are you uh, like iPad? Do you do any type of drawing on an iPad or on a... I try, but it never works. Like every, I, I try all the time. Really, I really do. But every time I do it, I hate it. So I typically <laughs> am just a, a pencil and paper kind of guy and scanning it in. And even it's kind. Of, this is kind of a weird quirk about me, I guess. When I design on like an Illustrator, I always use the trackpad on my laptop. Like I don't use a mouse. I don't use a tablet of any kind. I'm always just using the trackpad. Um, all right. Which. I don't know why I torture myself like that, but that's just what I've learned to do. <laughs> Dude, that's funny that you bring that up because I recently I've always used a trackpad, right? And I'm not and I'm not an illustrator at all, but but like when I'm doing like doing web design or anything like that. So I recently and I did like, do I want to get a mouse? And I didn't know that that's actual thing. Like you know, like are you a trackpadder or are you a mouse person? Like it, it's like its own thing. I'm like, okay, now I do like the mouse. I don't. And now my thing is is. I don't know how I was using a trackpad for so long. So more, so kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I'll hit that wall one day, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I do want to try and get another like Wacom tablet. I don't yeah, know if they even still, because cool. I think they, they that's do, a good yeah. in between of like the iPad and um, a trackpad and a mouse. Like I want to get better at that because at least it's like in real time, like you can see it on your screen, whereas the uh-huh. iPad, it's like separate and you got to scan it in and That's sometimes true. you got to trace it. Like, I don't know. There's just too many steps for me. I'm like, yeah. I'm a little more analog, I guess. <laughs> there you go. All right. Cool. cool. Well, <clears throat> as far as like you're, you, you're obviously, ins- you're, you have great inspiration You as far as who you're inspired by. What do you do as far as just to kind of making sure you're st- keeping up with trends uh, is do, do you watch? Do you do class online classes? Do you do newsletters? What what what's your little strategy behind that? Yeah, no, that's a good point, and that's another thing that I should have mentioned in the tips earlier, which is you don't don't feel imposter syndrome if you didn't go to college or if you didn't study mm-hmm. design or whatever. There's so we we are blessed to be in a time that there's so much education at our fingertips. I think. It, I, I kind of started 
you know, my journey between 2013 and 2016 was a great time because it was like, there was all these, like I said, courses kind of popping up and people sharing like this generation of like community over competition and like sharing your knowledge and all of that. So I was like, Oh, cool. And I learned a lot right now. We're kind of in a weird spot where it's the opposite problem. There's too much education out there. There's too many courses. <laughs> it's like overload. Uh, information. You know, yeah. Education information. overload. <laughs> yeah. So it, that, that can be the hard part is like sifting through and, re, you know, trying to find the good stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's, a, that's the way that I, you know, I take all kinds of online courses. I cool. invest back in my business and myself all the time. Yeah. Coaches, uh, uh, what you call it? Masterminds, things like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And but yeah, as far as like the design part of it, like design skills, typically I'm not when I watch or when I take courses or or anything like that these days. It's usually around business stuff, mm-hmm. less so about um the design stuff because that I feel like is just you learn from doing more than anything. Gotcha. So if I if I see like a trend or an idea that I want to try. I'm just going to dive in there and try to figure out how I can do it myself. Um, And then if I get completely stuck, then I might, you know, look it up, but. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What about, uh, so my acronym, why I do what I do. It's WIDWID. Why do you do what you do? What's your WIDWID? Yeah, that's, I love that, by the way. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I think I do what I do because it feels like the only way I can be a productive uh, member of society. <laughs> like it's the only thing I can really contribute uh, that seems to really help people. Um, so I, I love, like, like I said, I love collaboration. I love meeting new people. I love relationship building. And so the fact that I get to do that and design like, and, and have this transformation and this makeover, if you will, for them, it's just so fun. Like I, and that, that's, that's why I do it. It's just to see people take what I provide and make it their own. And like, it's so the cool, one of the most rewarding things is like, you know, the people that I really started my journey with, like in the beginning and they gave me a shot when I didn't really deserve it. And I had no reputation whatsoever. And now they've like, you know, to see how they've skyrocketed and see some of my clients in the very beginning just become uber successful it's so cool. It's like, wow, I, I had a hand in that. I, obviously I didn't make them successful, but it's nice to know I have a little piece cool. of their journey, you know? That's cool. Oh yeah, dude, that, that's rewarding. I mean, that's, and that, and then you look back and that's what that, that keeps you going. I mean, you know, like, yeah, the, exactly. It, I, I think it, it would be hard to keep going if uh, everyone that came my way all of a sudden their business failed after they, they went, went <laughs> it's like, me. Oh, my, the bad luck. and I'd be like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The bad luck. Oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. Alex. So let, let's now let's kind of like, and we've kind of alluded to a little bit of like your creative outlets and everything like that, but let's kind of get out of the work mode and really like, and it could be any day of the week. I just choose to say Sunday, but what's your Sunday like? Well, Sunday, funny enough, usually is brunch. Me and my husband go to get brunch right. almost every other Sunday. Uh, this one place Mimos- around mimosas? us. Yeah, mimosas. Yeah, and they baby. have There's a place here <laughs> called uh, Two Rows that has honey pepper bacon. That is oh, just, oh, oh, my God. So good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's usually how we started off. Um, 
you know, I, I watch tons of trashy reality television, but that's not <laughs> usually a Sunday thing. Like I usually watch that while I'm working, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, we'll be watching, we'll be looking for movies on Netflix or sometimes we'll, I love going to the movies now that we can do that again. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, playing my guitar, writing music, uh, chilling with our, we have two cats that we love, you know, playing uh-huh. with. They're crazy and feisty. Um, yeah, I'm super, I'm a really chill and low key guy. I, I do, I kind of am a mix of like a homebody. I love being home. I love a routine Uh, every once uh, in a while. I love to go out and like, you know, go to a bar or go hang out with friends or family or whatever. But for the most part, I'm usually chilling at home, trying to like rest my brain because it's always in creative mode. Like it's hard to not work on the weekends, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Do you ever get to that point? And this is recently, I just went through this where it's like your body's not physically tired, but your brain is just like, like just tired. Like it's, I I mean, it's like, it is. Yeah. It's just, it's burnt out. That's why it happens to me almost every night. Um, unfortunately, because, and I'm learning to, to get better at this, but like, because I have so many ideas and so many wants and so many desires creatively, uh, you, I find myself like just working myself to the bone to where literally, like you said, my brain just shuts off and like, I can't create anymore because it's just like nothing I do right now is going to be good. Um, so yeah, in, in introducing that like space for you to really just like let your brain breathe a little bit yeah. is just so important. Yeah. But um, it oh, can absolutely. be really hard on the day to day in the moment to oh, like for sure. stop, stop yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why your Sundays are important. That that sounds like a good day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I need right. to. I, I do try to keep Saturday and Sunday at least. I know that's like a typical work day or work week, but I do try to keep the weekends open. And if I am working, it's only on like my own creative outlets, like things I want to work on. That's not client work. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's cool. So what about, what about, uh, so I'm a, obviously, you know, I love books, but uh, cars, I'm also, I love cars. Do you, are you a car enthusiast? (laughs) I'm not. My husband kind of is, Um, but I actually did just buy our dream car, which was an Audi a six. Um, Dude, that's and, dope. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. But it's funny because when you know talking to the salespeople, they're like, you know, they're going through all this the specs of it and stuff, and I'm like, you like, <laughs> I don't know any of that. I just know it's sexy and I like it and I want yeah. it. You know, um, yeah, the design, the design of it outside, right? It just looks freaking bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Looks awesome. Um, so cool. yeah, I appreciate like uh, really beautiful cars, but I just don't know a lot about them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that I kind of nerd out about that I like that's kind of cool, but I, I think I, I guess fashion, like I'm I'm into I'm into fashion. Um I care about that. But again, I'm kind of I'm I'm just such a visual person. Like I I love fashion, I love cocktails, I love cars, like I love all of these things, but I don't uh, know like all the name brands. I can't tell you the designers, I can't I don't, I don't go too yeah. deep in it. I just admire the visuals of all the stuff. Nice. You know? <laughs> well, what you touched cocktails. I mean, is there a cocktail that you, you particularly like your go-to cocktail at a bar or. Um, yeah, I'm a really basic vodka tonic kind okay. of guy. Um, okay, okay. I, I, I do love like a Moscow mule every once in a while. Nice. Um, and yeah, I love tequila shots like that, that, you know, yeah, Tequila that's always a classic. Any, any day is good for me. Right. 
Um, but I usually <laughs> tequila is a little uh, it makes me a little um, wild sometimes. So okay. I usually just stick with uh, vodka for the most part. I don't do All a right. lot of like dark liquors or anything like that because okay. yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of the taste. Gotcha. But uh, vodka. What about vodka preference though? Do you have a vodka preference? Um, funny enough, I actually. One of my clients, uh, they're called Lockwood Distilling Co. And they make their own vodkas. So I've been just downing their stuff all the time because cool. <laughs> they're right That's here. Cool. And I'm like, I'm supporting my friends. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, I, when I'm not doing that, it's like usually like Ciroc or sometimes okay. I'll do uh, Absolute. Just keep yeah. it simple. But nice, as a visual designer, sometimes it's not even about the, the flavor. Sometimes I'm like, oh, bottle? this label's badass. I'm going to buy this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's so, dude, like I've been, that's what got me into wine more so was I was looking at masculine wine labels. Like, yeah. So, and that's what was guiding me because obviously, you know, wine is to me is intimidating. You see all these different wines and, and all, you know, price points. And, but I was like, you know what? I'm just, let me find wines that were maybe, you know, cast in a wine, a whiskey barrel. So just stuff like that. And actually now, and I, and I learned a little bit more about wine just, you know, by doing this little method. But so I know what you're saying about judging, judging the cocktail by its cover or judging the bottle by its cover. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not big on like, I don't care. I'm not necessarily, cause you know, sometimes you go to the bar or you go to a restaurant and they, you know, you get a drink and they're like, Oh, do you have a preference of like, what, you know, we have this, this and this. And I'm like, I don't know. I just like the way it looks and I, I want it to taste good. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, cool. I'm not that type of person that gets caught up on, I guess the name brands or anything like that. I just, uh-huh. as long as it looks good and tastes good, I'm down. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. So what about your bucket list? What name, what's one thing on your bucket list? Uh, bucket list. It used to be when I was a skinnier chap used to be, uh, like skydiving or something crazy like that. Cool. Now that I'm a little larger, uh, even getting <laughs> on roller coasters is a whole new experience for me. Um, oh, so skydiving is like out of the question. I would say, uh, my bucket list now would probably be, uh, we, we kind of started to do it, which is just like traveling everywhere I want to go. Um, we started to do it in a travel trailer for a couple of years, but it was nice. really hard to like run my business and do that at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, if I could take a year off, it was just me and my husband and like, we could just really go anywhere we want to cool. go. Um, that would be the dream. <laughs> That's cool. That would be a great, that would be great. That would be awesome. Like, yeah, those, uh, the trailer and I think trail, I mean, trailers are already crazy, but I feel like now they're, they're just, becoming a home away from home if not your home right <laughs> like they're, yeah they're pretty yeah it's now. a whole it's a whole lifestyle for sure yeah and i absolutely. i just wasn't ready for that lifestyle obviously <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy so just kind of close up uh the podcast i have just two final questions and so legacy and i know that it's a it's a deep word but if you were to define if you were to define your legacy up to now how do you want people to talk about you or your work? How, you know, what's your legacy? Um, yeah, that is definitely a deep one yeah. and, and kind of hard, but I'm, I don't know. I'm such a low key kind of guy that I honestly, my legacy, if it, if it's just people saying, Hey, this is a nice guy that I love working with and he creates beautiful things that's all I need in life. Like the simple life is the good life for me. I don't need to be some rock star 
designer that's known by all. I don't need to be like a household name. I don't need to be anything like that. Um, in fact, I don't want that. Like, I think the fame would probably steer me away from whatever made me famous. Um, so yeah, I just want to be, I'm, I'm kind of that guy. I just love being behind the scenes and transforming people's businesses or lives, uh, in the background, you know, and, and creating those relationships. So that, that's what I want my legacy to be. Um, which hopefully isn't too much to ask for. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So uh, lastly, I just want you to finish the sentence and it's a short sentence. So be prepared. Alex is. <laughs> Alex is um, a husband, a cat owner, a designer, um, a trashy reality television addict, and yeah, Alex is also just uh, grateful and happy um, with the fact that I get to wake up every day and and do what I love and and call the shots. Like I'm unemployable at this point. I, I'm I'm gonna be my own boss forever. Hopefully. <laughs> That's awesome, buddy. Yes, you will be, man. Uh, so if you want to, I know I said at the beginning, your Instagram, but what's, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's your, your social media handles? What's your, 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 your website address, whatever it may be. How, how does yeah. someone get a hold of you? Yeah. So just, uh, the routine creative on Instagram, the routine creative.com. Basically, um, I, I have two kind of ways that I offer things to the world. One is one-to-one -one services, which is like brand identity work, sometimes web design. Um, but then on the flip side, I also sell uh, digital products like fonts and things like that. So you can find all that on my, on my website and on my Instagram. Those are the two places I mainly hang out. I don't, I don't dive too deep in the other social platforms. <laughs> Yeah, right. One's hard enough already. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, I want to thank you so much, man. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the Scotch Partner podcast. Uh, you're truly, you're, 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 you're that, you're, I mean, what you do is amazing. I, I love your style. And, you know, for people that listen to this podcast, make sure you give them a follow. Uh, I guarantee you, just like his motto says at the beginning, uh, you know, his first impression you don't get a chance for a second impression and his first impression will, will get you to become a fan. So, and, and you've great insights on what you do and how you do it. And uh, yeah, Alex. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for uh, giving us your time and sharing your story. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be in touch on Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And that will conclude another episode of the Scotch Parlor podcast. Cheers and go create. Thank you for listening to another Scotch Parlor podcast. Please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos, photos, and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Till next time, cheers and go create. <laughs>